when I think about the Lord, when I think about the Lord, can you take just a moment before we get started and think about what he's done for you today? Can you look back to where you were? Maybe it was a year ago, maybe five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, but think about where you were when he found you. And it should make you want to shout to recognize you were on your road to hell. You were bound down in sin and trespasses. But where are you at today? You're on your road to the promised land. When I think about what he did for me and what he's forgiven me for, it makes me want to shout this morning, church. He's worthy of your shouts. He's worthy of your praise. I'll tell you what. I'm glad that wall right there isn't see-through because when Brother Philip and them were singing that song, I about had me a shout and dancing fit to think he walked out of the grave, so I'm going to walk out too. He walked away from Lazarus's grave, so he walked out too. He walked away from the tombs there with the maniac at Gadara, and he walked out too. And one of these days, he's leaving this earth, and I'm leaving with him because when he walks out, I'm walking out too. It makes me want to shout this morning, church. It makes me want to trust him more than ever. It makes me want to give him my everything because he's done so much for me. It makes me want to shout how wonderful he is to us, how awesome he is, how wonderful is our God. And you know all he asks is that you love him. All he asks is that you trust him. We're going to deal with that today, our ability to trust the Lord. Because trust is the foundation of love. And we can claim love all we want, but do we trust him? Do we really trust him enough to surrender our everything? Because he deserves that. He's earned that. He's earned that right to demand your trust. If you'll turn with me while we're standing to the book of Exodus, chapter 13 and verse 21. It's, a, it's awesome to be in the house of God this morning. I so love his presence and the worship that I could hear from the back. The wonderful songs, the specials, the music, everything was just wonderful. I was just rejoicing there. It's, it's wonderful when, when you can even feel the spirit flowing into the office and you realize he's here. He's here and he's ready to speak. I want to greet my dear friend, Brother Michael Ray. So grateful to have him with us this week. You know, when I first walked into the library Thursday and saw him there, I said, hey, I'm fixing to text Brother Tim and, and see if you can take the service. And he instantly started trying to book a flight out of Shreveport to Canada, <laughs> right, right there on his phone. I said, well, I don't want to do that. You know, uh, we've all been blessed um, through the years by the different testimonies and videos that these brothers do and that Brother Mike has worked on. But sometimes I don't think we understand the hours. And, and I've definitely seen it. You have a brother flying down from Canada and then... 12-hour, 15-hour days every single day working to where I know they only got four or five hours of sleep last night, and it's been that way all week, and they're putting forth a great sacrifice, but I know it's going to be a great, great blessing from the things I've seen. It's going to be wonderful, and we so appreciate their labor, so appreciate their work and all they do for the kingdom of God, so God bless you very much. We're going to speak today on We Must Remember Part 2, Being Led by the Spirit would be our subtitle, Being Led by by the Spirit. Exodus 13 and verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and by night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So in other words, he was always there. He never left them in their journey. We have that same promise today. I'll never leave you. 
I'll never forsake you. I'm also going to read briefly here from Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And if it's okay before you're seated, I'd also like to read Romans 8, 14. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God bless you as you have your seats this morning. It's very clear in the scriptures that we are to be led. It's very clear that we're not to have our own will and walk according to our own sight and our own feelings. It's important that we as believers recognize that we are to be led by the Spirit of God. The scripture plainly identifies right there that if you are a son of God or a daughter of God, you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. So it's something we need to check up on today as we go through the services. What's leading me? Or, or am I allowing myself to be led by the Spirit of God? Because I want to tell you right now, we are not our own. Each and every one of us here this morning are being led by something. So many times we think, no, I decided to do this. No, I'm doing this on my own. And you do nothing on your own. You are being led by something. A certain spirit is leading you, and the Bible tells us that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The Scripture plainly tells us that, that we are to be surrendered and allow him to have his leadership, and it's a great promise that we have that we can look to this and recognize that we're never alone. We can look to this and realize that he's leading us in every situation, every single day, every morning, and every night, and we know that the, the God of heaven is leading us to our destination. And, and, and to me, in order, it's a, it's a comforting thought to realize all I have to do to stay in his will, all I have to do to be victorious, all I have to do to reach where I'm going is to put my trust in him and allow him to do the leading. All I have to do is yield myself to his leadership. And it's so wonderful to, for me to know that it's not up to me to figure it all out. It's not up to me to figure out how I'm going to get through this battle. It wasn't up to the children of Israel to figure out how to get through the Red Sea. Because if I'm yielded to him and I've laid all my thoughts and all my fears and all my things at his feet, if I'm completely yielded, I can trust that he's going to take care of the situation. Because if I have yielded to him, then I'm at the place that I'm at because that's where he has brought me, not because I've gone there on my own accord. But when you find yourself making your own decisions or letting other spirits lead you, you end up in a, in a bad situation and you know for a fact, you know what, I wasn't following the will of God. I wasn't doing what he told me to do. Then it's very hard to have confidence that he's going to deliver you from this situation because you went there on your own accord. But when you find yourself standing there at the Red Sea this morning or surrounded by the enemy howling and you know you're in the will of God, you can stand still this morning and see the power of God as it manifests itself in your life. So I love the fact that we can completely lay it down at his feet and it's not up to us. It's not up to me when everything seems hopeless and when all the trials come, all I have to do is put my hand in his hand and he's going to carry me through. Brother Brandon would say, now one of the most wonderful things of God and the Christian, the connection of the fellowship between God and Christians is that they are sons of God and are led by the spirit of God. The greatest thing I found in Christian life, the greatest thing I found, is, is these miracles, the power of God, the discernment. No, the greatest thing I found is letting the Holy Spirit lead you 
and guide you. And his work is marvelous. How many in here has ever been led by the Spirit? Let's see your hands. Oh, my, that's wonderful, led by the Spirit of God. There's no one that would lead you to the altar but the Spirit of God. There's no one that would bring you here today lest it was the Spirit of God. So I believe today the very fact that you're sitting here is you're allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. And at least this morning when you woke up, it wasn't the enemy going, you know what, I think you need to go down to the house of God and see if you can get some deliverance this morning. I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. But even even if you didn't feel like it this morning, even if you were a little tired this morning, even if your mind was elsewhere, something drug you up and said, I'm going to the house of God this morning. I'm going to be fed. I'm going to feed on the lamb. I'm going to gain strength from it because I want to be led by the spirit of God. I believe that's why we're all here. And yet at the same time, we find this to be one of our greatest battles because in order to be led, you have to surrender your entire will. In order to be led, you have to submit, and submitting is against human nature. It's not what we want to do, to give up and to lay our will down at the feet of Jesus. Our nature is to want to have a say in things. Our nature is to want our opinion to matter. Our nature is uh, to want an input in the way things are going to turn out. And we don't like to give up control of our lives because as long as we have a say or as long as we have an opinion, uh, we feel like we have some semblance of control. We feel like we have some input in the situation, but that's not how we're to operate. And if we would take a minute and look down through the word and look down through history, I'll tell you the last thing you want to do is operate on your own accord. The last thing you want to do is go out on your own without seeking the will of God. The last thing you want to do is take man's opinion just because everybody's patting you on the back and telling you to go up, go up, go up. It doesn't mean you should go up. You got to submit and find the will of God for your life. It doesn't matter if everybody in this church tells you that sounds like a great idea. If God's telling you not to do it, don't do it. Submit to his will and submit to his leadership. The 400 prophets told the king go on up, but there was one true vindicated voice that said, don't go. But if you do, I see Israel scattered and you have to learn to trust the leadership even when it goes against the grain, which it always will for human beings. Because we want to say in things. We want to have an opinion in things. So the last thing we want to do is going out on our own. Because doing what I want to do has always led me to disaster. Doing what I want to do has always led me to failure. But what we're supposed to do is put our ideas aside and put our own thinking aside and put our opinions and our, our, the way things should be. Lay that all aside and completely surrender our will to God and allow him to lead us in every aspect of our lives. Look, Jesus gave us the perfect example, a man who never, who never sinned, a man who had no failures, a man who had no flaws, would sit there and say, not my will. He laid his will down. The example to the Christian, this is how you overcome. This is how you defeat sin. This is how you defeat the enemy. This is how you deal the greatest blow that's ever been de defeated. You know, the prophet God said he died there in the garden. That was the greater death. The greatest blow that was ever given to the enemy, what truly set you free was when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And so he gives us this example that we have to lay our wills down. But what happens is our minds become so polluted with this Laodicean age of people's rights. Our mind becomes so polluted with this idea that everybody has a right to say something. Everybody And social media hasn't helped that none. Social media hasn't helped that none. It's given everybody a platform. It's given everybody a, a place to say something. 
But we get polluted with this idea that I have a right, and I have a right, and I get to say this, and I get to say that, and we start so many sentences. Well, I think, I don't care. And God doesn't really care. The only thing I need to think is, God, your word is true. Your will is true. I want what you want for my life. I want to go where you want me to go for my life. Not I think this and I thought, and if it was me in charge, I would do this. And you know, I'll tell you what should have been done is this. Listen, we forget that when we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we surrendered our rights. When we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we laid all that aside and we became a prisoner to Christ. We became a prisoner to his will. And yet we can't claim to be a prisoner to his will and a prisoner to what he wants us to do and a love slave to Jesus. And we're over here going, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that way, Lord. That way seems too hard. That way seems too difficult. I think I should do this. Then you have not ever surrendered your will to the Lord Jesus. Brother Branham says, you haven't got no right. You are bought with a price. He bought you. You belong to him. So he says, you haven't got no right. You've been bought with the price of the precious blood of the Son of God. You have no legal right. Hallelujah, he says. You're sitting there going, that don't sound so great. And Brother Branham says, hallelujah. You have no legal right. You've been bought with the price. The only right you have is come to the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. When sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Yes, sir, that's the only right you have. It's a surrender of self-will to God. And then God does the leading from then on. He says, send the angel this morning, Lord. Clean up our lips from any vileness. Clean our hearts and come in, Lord. Break down the self-will. Let my will be thy will, Lord. Oh, will thy will in me, oh God, and let me and my church and my people be thine, oh Lord. We commit ourselves to thee. Oh, that's my prayer this morning, Lord. If there's anything of Aaron's will still left in here, I know that sinful nature. I know that sinful flesh, and I give it over to you this morning. You paid a wonderful price for me. I want to be led by you. I want to walk in victory. I want to walk in contact with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Surrender. Lay more down this morning. We all have flesh that still battles us. Look, this right here isn't, isn't saved. The soul's been redeemed and set free, but this right here is still my enemy. This right here still fights me, and I bring it subjection every single day, and I tear it down every single day. And I say, Lord, there's some more of me right there, and I rip it down, and sometimes it hurts. But I say, I want to surrender that to you this morning, and I want to surrender that to you this morning. And my ideas and my thoughts, I want to surrender them to you this morning. Surrender this morning. Lord, I want to be completely surrendered to you. A prisoner of Jesus Christ, like Paul would say. I want to be so surrendered to where my thoughts, Lord, are your thoughts. Lord, to where my will is your will and my desires are your desires. And as long as we're completely surrendered to the Lord and we're trusting in the Lord and following the impulse of the Holy Spirit... So many of us have gotten so out of contact that we don't understand what the impulse of the Holy Spirit is anymore. But we got to be following the impulse of the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, we can count on being victorious. God has never once, Brother Brownham would say, I've never once seen him go into a battle that he didn't come out packing the victory. So if I go into that battle following him, with him leading, and I'm following in his footsteps, when he walks out the grave, I'm walking out the grave. When he walks out the battle packing the victory, I'm helping him pack the victory. When he walked out victorious over sin, I'm victorious over sin. When he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave, I'm victorious over death, hell, and the grave because I'm walking in those bloody footprints. I'm walking where he walked. 
walks down through this world of evil, down through this world of darkness. But I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right. I'm not listening to these voices. My eyes are set on Calvary. My eyes are set on the one that paid the price. My eyes are set on the one that has earned the right to lead me. And yet, that's so hard for us to do. So hard for us to lay our will aside. So hard for us to give up our say. So hard to trend. Sometimes we don't even think of this as sinful. And maybe it's not to a degree. But it's so hard for us not to try to work things out ourselves. When all you're doing is getting in the way of the one who has a plan how to figure it out all along. But if I just say this to them, maybe they'll realize. And if I just say this, and you know what, they, and if I do this, just step back. Put it in God's hand and say, God, you know this situation. I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting you, and I'm going to stand back, and I'm going to watch you move. I'm going to watch you work in my situation. But it's hard for us not to try to work things out because we want to fix things our way. Listen, everybody does. There's a reason that a billion-dollar company would use that as their slogan. You know, Burger King says, your way, right away. Well, that's a lie. They don't ever get it right. Hey, nope, not right. Wrong again. I waited 45 minutes for you to forget the pickles. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. All right? That's my fool me once, shame on you. If I go back there again, that's my fault. So, <laughs> but Burger King uses it as a slogan because everybody wants things their way. And they want it right away. They don't want to have patience. They don't want to wait on the Lord. Here's what I need, Lord. Well, he didn't do it. Really? Have patience and wait on the Lord and seek the Lord and give him opportunity to speak to you. So many times the problem with our prayer life, those that have one, is they spend too much of the time doing the praying and not enough time listening. All right, sure, I believe in crying out to God. I believe laying your petitions out before God. You should, you better, but at the end of the day, you better listen for his answer. Because if you just ask and ask and ask and ask and get up and walk away, when's he going to tell you? When's he going to speak to your heart? When's he going to drop that thing in? We got to learn to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Give him a moment to respond. Give him an opportunity to speak. Lay your things out and then lay before the Spirit of the Lord and give him opportunity to speak to your heart. But we want things right away. We want it our way. And if we're truly honest and we trace this all the way back, we'll find that that attitude has its roots with Satan. If we go far enough back, we'll find this there in the Garden of Eden with Cain. And even before time began with Lucifer when he would say that I want to be lifted up. God, this is all fine and good, but I want my kingdom. I want it my way. I want to be exalted. And then we see Cain, a direct seed of the serpent. And we see it manifested in his life. And we're talking about being led of the Spirit. And righteous Abel, by revelation, offers a more excellent sacrifice. How was he able to do it? He wasn't any smarter than Cain. He didn't sit around and think about it longer. He didn't sit there long enough until he goes, you know, yeah, I got a good idea. I, I think I know. I think I know. No, that wasn't how it was at all. How did he know that it had to be blood? Because sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so it was a spiritual revelation that he realized it has to be blood. And so he offers a more excellent sacrifice. It's not that he's smarter, and it's not that he figured it out. Whereas Cain sits there, and he, and he thinks about it, and he looks at it, and he looks at all these beautiful things he's created through the works of his hand and the tool and the sweat of his brow, and he uses his intellect, and he says, this makes sense. This right here is a beautiful sacrifice, and he builds a beautiful altar, and there's, over, there's Cain over there, Abel, excuse me, over there, dragging this lamb with a vine wrapped around his neck. Ah, ah, ah. Look, look, 
look at that. What, what's he thinking? You think God's going to accept that? It looked totally contrary to the human eye. It looked totally contrary because we want big, beautiful buildings. And, and God's not interested in the big, beautiful building. He's interested in the people sitting inside the building and the heart. That's, and we want to dress this up so nice. And he's not even worried about this. He's interested even deeper down on the inside of you. And Cain looks at it and he goes, that? No, that's never going to work. Look at this altar. Look how beautiful. And in man's intellect, it just made perfect sense. And God looks at it and says, no, you weren't led of the spirit. You decided to do that. No matter how big and glorious and no matter what you accomplish in life, if you accomplish it on your own, it will come to nothing. Sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Now, notice this is where we see the seed truly manifest itself in Cain's life. In Genesis 4 and 7, God speaks to Cain. And he says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou, and thou shalt rule over him. God speaks lip to ear to Cain. He comes down and says, in essence, just let me put it in, in just allow me this. In essence, you messed up, but it's okay. I forgive you. All you have to do is do it this way now, and I'll accept you. That's it. You messed up. You didn't catch the revelation, but now let me tell you what the revelation is. This is actually, this isn't even revelation. This is him telling him. Here's what, came, here's what Abel understood. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to give you a shortcut. Now go do it. And Cain says, mm-mm. I won't do it. Because he can't yield himself to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He can't get past what he sees with his eyes. He can't get past what he thinks makes perfect sense, even with the voice of God speaking to him. And how many times do we have our own ideas and our own thoughts absolutely blasted from the pulpit and we sit there and go, mm-mm, no, nah, I was just Brother Tim. God didn't say that to me because I think, and, and you go right back to it, like a dog back to its vomit. I think somebody told him. I think that's his opinion. I think it's this. And you're refusing to allow yourself the leadership of the Holy Spirit speaking through a man. If you think everything that comes across this desk is the ideas of a man, why are you here? Why have you gathered? Because I promise you there's nothing I can say that can help you. There's nothing I can say that will get you to the promised land. But if we'll sit there and go, Lord, speak to me, please. Whether it hurts, whether it tears me apart, whether it rips me down to nothing, just show me your will. Just show me what I need to do. Lord, I'll do it. That's what separates you from Cain. Lord, I'll do it. Even if I was wrong, Lord, I'll fix it right now. I'll do it the way you want me to do it. But Cain couldn't do it. Even though he's offered the same way. He's offered God's leadership. And he turns it down. Now I'll take my will over God's will. See, that's what God's leadership actually is. Is directing you to his will for your life. Directing you to his will for every situation. But not forcing you to take it. See, God wants a people that loves him. God wants a people that trust him. And so what he wants is someone that loves them so much for all that he has done that they, through free moral agency, accept his will. And they accept his way. It's not a God pushing down on going, you're going to do it this way. He doesn't want that. He could have made it that way. But he says, no, I'm going to lay the choices before you, and I want somebody that loves me so much. 
I want somebody that trusts me so much. Hasn't he earned our trust? Hasn't he done so much for you? Can't you look back down through the years and every time you've come up against something, hasn't he overcame it? Hasn't he brought you deliverance? Hasn't he healed our sick? Hasn't he saved our loss? He's earned our trust. We can look back and go, he's never failed. He's never once let me down. Then he deserves your trust. He deserves to be your leader. He's earned the right to be your leader because he stepped up time after time after time when you didn't know which way to turn. He said, come on, follow me. We'll go through hell together. The gates of hell won't stand against us. I'll shield you from the flames. When the fourth man came down in the fire, he earned their trust. He'll shield you in every situation. He's earned the right to lead you. And he wants to lead man. And he wants man to choose to allow God to lead him. Brother Branham says, when God made man, he made him thus. For he made this little certain compartment in the man for his own throne, his control tower. God wants to lead man, but man wants to lead himself. Therefore, there is a war constantly. The man wants to go after what he sees with his eyes. That's where he's deceived. That's where Satan deceived Eve by what she could see. The fruit was pleasant to the eye, but it was death to the soul. So it is tonight. God wants to lead man, so he made himself a little control tower in the midst of his heart so that man would be led by the Spirit of God. Getting off on his own leading is what separated from him from the fellowship. Looking what he could see with his eye, and that's where he stands yet tonight. All those who are led by such things. But the Scripture says the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Your emotions is your control, and you can notice a man or woman that rises to walk after the things of the world. They never can please God. But a man or woman that will not look at the things of the world, but just go according to the leading of the Spirit, they're usually in the will of God. That is the great light tonight. Satan took the eye, man's head, to control him, but God took his heart. And yet what stubbornness we have. We're stubborn. We're stubborn people. We look back at Israel and you know, he calls them stubborn and stiff neck. And yet sometimes woo, we're right there with them. Because he's shown us so much. And yet we wonder. And yet we worry. And yet we fret. When we can look and time and time and time again. We can see that when God is in control. When I place my life in his hands. It all turns out for the good. Every single time, if I seek his leadership and I find his will and I lay it in his hands, it will work out for my good. It has never once failed. It may not always be easy. It may not always be where I want to go. I guarantee you the people of Israel did not want to go through the Red Sea. I guarantee you it made no sense to them to come to the Red Sea. But God didn't even see the water. That was just the path that he had picked for them to go. He said, I'll take you out. I'll bring you in. The water should have been of no consequence to the people. He doesn't always lead you where you want to go. But if you'll trust him, he's leading you where you need to go this morning. It's not always the easy route. And yet every time I take control, when I think I have a good idea, flop. Failure, disaster, and I'm set back in my spiritual walk or I'm set back in my life because I decided this sounds great. And maybe it was a good idea, humanly speaking. But if it wasn't God's idea and it wasn't his will, it's the worst idea you could have had. And when we recognize that, we'll get down the road a lot easier. When I take control, it's a flop and a failure. So let me ask you a simple question. 
How many times has God failed? None. Now, you ain't got to answer this because we ain't all mathematicians, but how many times have you failed? A lot. I'll just say it for myself. I don't want to call y'all failures. I failed a lot. <laughs> I'm trying to lift y'all up. <laughs> I have failed a lot, and he has failed none. So it doesn't take a very smart person to look around and realize and go, you know what? His way's better. His way is better than my way 100% of the time. There's never been a time where my way was equal to his way, on par with his way, or even worth discussing with his way. His way is the way for my life. His way is the, the way that I need to be walking. His way is going to be where I get victory. It's high time we realize there is but one way for this church. There is but one way for you. There is but one way for your family. There is but one way for your children. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. He is the only way. So quit looking around for other ways. There's a way laid out before you. It's the way. And it's leading to the promised land. It's leading to a rapture. It's leading to your victory. It's the only way. But you got to be willing to be led down. it. We don't like this. But your way's wrong. No. Your way is wrong. But you don't understand. No, you don't understand. Your way in whatever you're doing. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm the best there is at blah, 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 blah. Your way is wrong. Well, I don't like to hear that. Well, I didn't like to read it either. But here's what the prophet of God said. Every one of these are from a different sermon. Men, they can't. They just, you can't guide yourself. There's two ways. That's your way and God's way. And when you're in your way, you're out of God's way. And you have to forget your own way to find God's way. And man can't lead himself. God has in two ways of all things, right way and wrong way. And your way and my way is the wrong way. God's way is always the right way, no matter how unright it seems to us, yet God's ways are true and right. But I don't understand. I don't care. I don't either. I don't always understand. Well, I don't see why this is wrong, and I don't see why we have to do this, and I don't understand why God would care about that, and I don't think he really cares if I do it this way or if I do that, and, well, it doesn't really seem necessary that we have to do this, and I don't understand why Brother Branham had to say it this certain way. That was a little bit harsh, and why he, because I really don't think that it matters. Well, let me tell you, if God spoke it, if it's in this word right here, and it was important enough for a prophet of God to take time to address it in a short window of time he was allowed to be here on this earth, then it matters. It mattered then. It mattered in the 1960s. It matters today. If God said it, it matters no matter what you think. If God took time to make sure it was recorded for your ears to hear and it was recorded for your eyes to see, how dare us take a moment in our little pea brains and say, well, I don't think it matters. The prophet of God would look at that and say, you don't have a thought coming. We are to submit our thinking, submit our will, and be led by the Spirit of God. And if you're being led by the Spirit of God, you'll be willing to obey everything. No matter how difficult it is. Listen, I'm not telling you it's easy. The journey is not always easy. You read the things that came against the children of Israel, and there were some hard times. 
But if you'll read a little bit deeper, you'll realize the hard times were there because of them. The hard times were there because they didn't want to do it God's way. So it's not always easy, but it's definitely easier if you will submit to the leading of the Lord and let him lead you in his way. He says, now, if you're going your way, you're out of God's way. And if you cease from your own way, you get in God's way. God can have his way when you cease to have your way. But as long as you're having your way, God can't have his way. That's pretty simple and blunt and straight to the point, but hopefully you're getting the point that your way and God's way cannot coexist. Your way must be God's way. Your will must be God's will. So we understand that the journey that we're on will be faced with obstacles, will be faced with hardships, will be faced with difficulties, and through it all, God has a way. God has provided a way for victory of you in every situation. And it's our responsibility, as we said earlier, to seek after God in order to find that way. We have to stay in tune with the Lord and what it is that he's saying because God still speaks, church. God hasn't ceased speaking. He still speaks to men and women that will lend their ear to him, that will lend their ear to what the Spirit is saying. He's still speaking. I'm so thankful that in the darkness of the midnight, when that old devil comes around, he still speaks. I'm so thankful in the middle of our trial when all seems lost and it's so dark and you're down and you feel all alone. He still speaks. I'm so thankful that in the mornings before I go to work, he still speaks. I'm so thankful that when I have a sick child there laying in my room, God still speaks. I'm so thankful this morning that in our services that God still speaks. God still speaks in every aspect of our life and we must be able to recognize his voice, take what he says for ourselves, and then apply it to our lives. Because just because he speaks to you, that isn't it. God spoke to Cain. God spoke to Judas. God spoke to many people down through the Bible. And just because you hear the voice of God, although that is a privilege and although you are blessed to hear it, that isn't it. That isn't the outcome. What do you do with it when he speaks to you? How do you react and respond when he gives you instruction or when he gives you correction or when you hear the voice of God speaking? Look at Revelation 3.19. If we'll notice the second part of this, we've always heard the, the scripture. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, comma, then there's a second part. It didn't say if any man hear my voice, I will come into him and I will sup with him. But there's a part you have to do. You have to be willing to move when you hear his voice. And that's what we're speaking about today is being moved or led by the spirit. He says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, he, you can hear the knock all day, and that's awesome. I'm glad he's still knocking at your heart. You can hear him calling your name all day today, and that's wonderful. I'm glad you can still hear him. But there's going to come a time where he sees knocking. There's going to come a time where he sees calling. And while you hear the call, while you hear the knock, get up from where you're sitting. Get up from where you're at and go to the door and open it. And he says, I'll gladly come in. I'll come in and sup with you. I'll come in and lead you. I'll come in and guide you. I'll bring victory into your life. But you can't just sit there going, thank God I hear the call. Thank God I feel the pull. We'll respond to the pull this morning. Respond to his leadership this morning. Be willing to move in the spirit this morning. You must be willing to move with the Spirit, and we must be willing to be led. I believe everyone here are people that, that hear the voice of the Lord. There's a reason that you're here today, and it's because you heard a voice in your day. 
spoken of there in Revelation 18.4 that said, Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of the plagues. And you've heard this. Surely we've heard this part, and that's why we're here. That's why we've gathered, and that's why we're even on this journey, just like the people in, in Egypt heard Moses' message that said, Come out of her, my people. We're going to a promised land. There were a lot of people, even a mixed multitude, that heard that message that got up and moved with the Spirit. They got up and left on the journey. But this isn't a one-and-done type thing. It isn't, well, I left, so now it's all taken care of. You have to hear the voice of God every day. You have to walk in the will of God every single day. There's battles ahead. There's obstacles ahead. There's things you have to go through between here and there. But if you have come to trust in him the way he deserves to be trusted, those obstacles are nothing to you. Those obstacles don't matter. They're neither here nor there because he said he's going to bring me out. He also said he's going to take me in. So between here and there is not consequential to me. It may be difficult. It may be hard. But it's word said I was going to be there and so that's where our focus has to be on so I know you've heard the call to come out of her my people and that's why you're here just like they heard the message of the hour that's why they gathered they saw the mighty hand of Jehovah time after time and their hearts were lifted up their faith was lifted up and they left Egypt in great victory their deliverance reminds me of our deliverance that we had from the world If we can all go back there even now in our mind, and I don't want you to return there as it were, spiritually speaking, because hopefully we've progressed. But just in our thinking, if you'll go back to where you were when you were saved and and that simple faith that you had, in the love you had for the Lord Jesus, and your desires, thank you, Lord Jesus, I just want to please you. I just want to do whatever it is you say, Lord. And it's just so simple, and you just love him for all that he's done for you. You were bound, you were slaves, but then you're set free and you're overjoyed. He's defeated the devil on every single hand. We were so thankful. We were so grateful. We were just in love with the Lord Jesus. And we just wanted to walk according to his word. What happened to that simplicity? What other voices have come in to get us so distracted and so caught up in this and so caught up in that and so worried about this, that, and the other? Instead of the, the simplicity of he saved me, he loves me, I can trust him, he's filled me with the spirit, and Lord, whatever you say, I'll do. That's it. Whatever you say, I'll do. I'll trust you. If we could go back to that mindset for every battle we face, Lord, I'll trust you. Lord, you've done so much for me. And we left the world behind, headed to a promised land. We were headed to a new body. We were headed to a rapture. Listen, no matter what's happened to you along the way since that moment in your life, don't let the voice of the naysayers or the the voice of the doubters uh, uh, move you off of what you believe. Don't let that move you off of what you think about his promises. Those are not pipe dreams and those are not air castles. No matter what you've been through, the promise still holds sure. He said, I'm going to take you in a rapture. He said, I'll have a church without spot or wrinkle. That promise hasn't changed. Just because you've been through hard times and we've all been through them. Just because you've been torn down. Just because you've backslidden. If you're sitting here hearing this morning, that promise is still to you. That promise is still here today going, I'll take you to a promised land. I'll take you in a rapture. I know you've been cold. I know you've been cold, but I'm drawing you this morning. I'm saying, let me lead you. Let me guide you. I'm here. And he's speaking to your heart. The promise still stands. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We're still on our way to a promised land. That's still the goal. That's still the promise. Don't let the delay get you sidetracked this morning. Don't let the circumstances, don't let the strength of the enemy determine where you stand. Stand on his word. His word is true. Our God is faithful. But it's been a long time. Our God is true. Our God is faithful. But I've been holding on for 30 years. Our God is true. Our God is faithful. 
I just don't know. Don't, don't speak that. You do know he's going to come through. Our God always comes through. Our God can be trusted. Our God can be counted on. And he's going to come through for you one of these days. Just keep holding on. It may be in the morning. It may be tomorrow morning. It may be a year from now, but just keep holding on. His promises are sure. That's the attitude of those that trust in the Lord. But in the course of the journey, there are those that begin to doubt. There are situations that are unforeseen. And there are trials that we don't want to go through. And it's here that we find out if we trust him. It's not in the good times that you find out if you trust him. It's easy to trust him in the good times. It's easy to trust him in the good times. It's when the trials come that you didn't expect that you find out how much you trust him. Listen, I can hear Israel walking out that day. Oh, praise God for his goodness. Praise God, our God is mighty. Our God is mighty in battle. There is none like Jehovah. He has set us free. He has delivered us from the bondage of, 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 of Egypt. He is, the taskmasters are no longer with us again. Our God is good. We trust in the Lord. There is none like the Lord. There, what? The Red Sea? Are you kidding me? Mountains? Here comes their army. Are you what happened to our God is good? Our God is mighty. Our God will deliver. What happened to the trust now? Where's the trust at now? What God, were there no graves in Egypt? You bring us out here to die? Are you, are you serious? What happened to the trust? Did they trust him? See, this is where, where we come to. The Bible tells us to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And if our love needs to come from all these different places, then our trust has to as well. Okay, because trust is the foundation of love, and trust precedes love. God wants a people who trust him with their whole heart. And God did so much to build the trust with Israel. The plagues poured out upon Egypt, and the Nile River turned to blood, and a complete deliverance, and then the Passover night, and none of the plagues fell in Goshen. These people had every reason to trust God, and so do you. And so do you this morning. They had every reason. He had remembered his promise and he heard the cry of his people. He had come down and delivered them. He had brought Egypt down to his knees. And everything that he said he would do, he absolutely did. And now an opportunity arises to show their trust. An opportunity arises to show their faith in God. That's what these things are to you. They're an opportunity. God has led you to that place. And it's an opportunity for you to show your trust. An opportunity to show your faith. And here they have an opportunity to show them their trust. An opportunity to show their faith. And, and this is the moment where Israel's going to rise up in one mighty voice. This is the moment where they're going to look back on all God has done and realize he promised to take us in. And their faith is going to rise up together. They've seen the spoken word in action. They don't even need Moses on, on this one. They, they've realized they can speak the word because they're children of Israel as well. And they're going to rise to their feet. They know the power of the spoken word. They've seen it for years. We're going to see a people who know their God. We're going to see a people who trust their God. He's already proven he's trustworthy. This is the moment. Look, I know God knows all things, but just allow me this. And God's watching. And he says, have they grasped it? Will they rise to this occasion? This is what I've been preparing them for. 
after all I've done for them? Will they trust me? And a cry rises up from the people. And it says in Exodus 14, 11, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? In their moment to show God gratitude, in their moment to show their faith, in the moment to show their trust, they say, why don't you just let us serve the Egyptians? And after all God's done for you and he's broke the chains of bondage and he's broke the chains of sin and he's set you free and he's delivered his time after time and we've seen victory after victory and then we come up against something and we say, I was easier back there. Why do I got to go through this? Why me? And it was an opportunity for you to show God that you trusted him. It was an opportunity to show him how much you loved him. And so it happens that we get so worked up when we see the circumstances facing us. And in that moment of panic, in that moment, we forget who it is we serve. We forget what it is he's capable of. Brother Branham says, and then this morning I see our brother Way. Y'all know this story. It's in, if you want to hear it, it's in the flashing red light. Brother Branham says, and then this morning I see Brother Way as he's sitting. He was sitting right here now. But as he was sitting right along and here somewhere, he was standing and we were singing, glory, glory, hallelujah, and shaking one another's hands. And I noticed it when it struck him and his head went back. He, Brother Way isn't given to those things like, like feigning or going like that. And I seen him fall backwards and I seen his wife, which is a registered nurse, check his pulse and she screamed. It was gone. And then it was Sister Nash, a, a lady here, a colored sister that comes to the church. They started running forward, and, and she and Mrs. Way was reaching for me to come across the platform. And I said, listen, church, a, a man just fell dead in the service. Massive heart attack. He's gone. In my carnal thinking, I can understand the worry, the panic, the sheer, what do we do? But in that building, there was a man surrendered to the leading of the Holy Spirit. There was a man who had surrendered his own thinking. And he was operating the way sons of God are supposed to operate and listen to his response. And I said, everybody keep quiet and stay in your seat. Don't never get excited in these kind of times, see. That's what Satan wants to do. Just wait and see what he says. See, it's better to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is another quote. If we Christians would only quieten ourselves, see, not be in such a rushing, quiet ourselves, one call from the Lord means more than 10,000 of our own human efforts. Let us believe him with all our heart. He's so lovely. Let's quieten ourselves now. Just take every unbelief you've got. And every unreasonable thought and lay it down on the floor and put your foot on it as it was. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to come believe in you. How many will do that this morning? He says, just quiet yourself before the Lord. So many times we're so busy and things are going on. He's saying, just quiet yourself. Just let him speak to you. Just let him lead you in these moments. Just quiet yourself. Whenever we come to these situations, we get so worked up and, and that things get difficult and, and the enemy's raging all around us. And I just want to say, God, when I'm in that situation, I'm not going to panic. 
I'm not going to look around and fret. I'm going to remember what you've done for me in the past. I'm going to remember what your promises are for my future. I'm going to remember that you said that I'm going to overcome and I'm going to stand there and I'm not going to question you, Lord. Lord, you brought me out of Egypt. You said you're going to take me into a promised land. So whatever I'm facing, even though I don't understand it, even though it doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to stand here and quiet myself and I'm going to allow you to speak. Brother Brown says, God led them the very first thing right into a death trap. Right up to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army's coming, presumed there's mountains on every side. But God's camp went through the sea. Many times God lets us get dried up like that. He looked down through the pillar of fire and the sea rolled back and they went across. God made a way of escape. He always will in every instance. Notice then, right, right away they went straight to the wilderness of sin. Isn't it strange? From one trial to another trial. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the deep trials, but all through the blood. God's way leads sometimes right through every briar patch, right up over the hills, down through the rugged places, sickness, trials, but God brings them more victorious through them all. That's what I'm telling you this morning is put your hand in his hand. And wherever he leads you, no matter how difficult it is, you say, I know it's leading me victorious through it all because he can never fail. Quiet yourself and look to the word and remember this. My God has proven himself. Time after time, my God has proven himself. My God can be trusted, and I'm going to rely on this God. He told me I was going to a promised land. He told me I was going in a rapture. So I know that this trial is for a victory. The scripture would say in Psalms 46.10, Be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still in this moment. Be still in this trial. It's so that my name can be exalted for all the world to see. I'm allowing you to go through this so that I can get glory. You're an instrument in the hand of God. You're victory for his glory. Lord, if I have to go through things, even if I don't want to, if it brings you glory today, Lord, I'm willing. If it brings you glory and it draws me closer to you this morning, Lord, I'm willing. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'm surrendering who I am. He's looking for someone this morning to trust his leadership. He's looking for someone to trust in his word that won't forget all he has done and all he's promised as soon as the circumstances seem impossible. But God does still speak. And we must be listening for his voice. And he speaks in so many ways. And he leads us the same way as he ever did. The difference is the time we live in, there's so many other voices. There's so many voices crowding in. And Brother Timothy had preached along these lines several services in a row and he said these voices are coming in and and we've been hearing about they want a piece of your mind they want a piece of your spirit they want to influence you they want to lead you this way they want things to get stuck in your head like your way right away at burger king now that's their point they're trying to get into your head they're trying to remember they want a piece of you and now all of them are calling out to you and they're trying to influence you for a purpose and what is that purpose these voices for satan his purpose is to lead you because, look, Satan wants to lead you too. Satan wants to be in charge as well. His desire is to lead you, and whoever you yield to, that's whose servant you are. And he wants to lead you, and he wants to lead you into unbelief, and he wants to produce doubt in your life. And any voices, they then produce fear. And through these voices, he's trying to clog up the channels that God speaks to you through. 
He's trying to clog those channels so he wants to drown out the voice of truth. And he wants there to be so many voices in the land that the reception isn't clear. That you're not hearing clearly from the throne of God. But I believe that there's a people in the land today. I believe there's a people gathered here at Evening Light Tabernacle this morning that's hearing the voice of God loud and clear. That it's coming in. The reception's just perfect. There's something down on the inside of me that's tuned in to the heavenly station. And it's sending down, I love you. I died for you. I'm going to carry you through. I'm going to be there for you in the hard times. I hear you, Lord. Keep speaking to me. Keep dropping the manna. Keep giving me handfuls on purpose. I'm tuned in to the voice of God this morning, and I believe we all are because we're going to a promised land. And in order to do that, we must be led. We must be tuned in. We're not getting mixed messages this morning. We're hearing clearly. We're being led by the Spirit of God. And what is it that he's been saying here at Evening Light Tabernacle? I am your healer. I am deliverer. I am Savior. I will restore, saith the Lord. I am here to lead you all the way. I am going to take you in a rapture. I am. I am. I am. He's been speaking it time after time. And we must listen this morning. Sons of God got to be tuned in this morning. It's time that we put aside the voices of the world. Put aside this. Put aside that. And we listen to the vindicated voice listen to the voice that matters because sons of God are led by the spirit of God it's time we tune into his voice and then there are times when God booms forth in a mighty way and like once in a generation maybe say when John the Baptist came forth out of the wilderness or the day of Pentecost on the upper room or in every age when a new messenger came on the scene. Those were booming things that were for generations and for people. Maybe on a more local level, he would boom forth at a youth camp or boom forth at a, on a powerful Sunday or Wednesday service here. But what about next Thursday? What about Monday morning? What about when you lay your head on your pillow on Tuesday night? What about you and your everyday walk with God? Are you being led by the Spirit? Not just when the spirit moves in church, I feel it and I get excited. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in your walk, on your way to the promised land. Because as much as I want to see every one of you there, as much as I hope to see and I believe I'll see every one of you there, he's not taking evening light tabernacle in a rapture. He's taking individuals from all over the world in a rapture. And he's going to take one here and leave one, take one there and leave one. I don't want to be one of the ones left. The ones that are left are the ones that weren't tuned in to the voice. They listened to the other voices and they got distracted and they weren't led by the Spirit. But we got to be a church this morning tuned in to the voice of God. What about you? Are you hearing his voice? We have to stay connected and we have to seek God every single day to hear that still small voice. And Satan's trying to drown it out because he knows what happens when we hear. He knows what happens when we listen. He knows what happens when we trust. And he knows what happens when we move. He knows when those things happen. When we hear, trust, and move, he doesn't stand a chance against us. So he tries to make it where you don't even hear. And if you do hear, you doubt. And if you, and if you doubt, then you fall into unbelief. Then fear comes in. Now you're a prisoner to fear. I say cast those things aside this morning. I say cast them aside this morning. The Lord Jesus is speaking clearly to you today. And he's saying, listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Hear me. I'm telling you you're going in a rapture. I'm telling you you're going to overcome. That lying spirit of hell tells you you're not going to make it. One day that voice will be silenced forever. When I'm dancing on the streets of gold. When I'm shouting around the throne. I won't hear that voice no more. It will be silent forever. 
So why listen to a temporary voice trying to influence eternal things? I'm listening to an eternal voice from the eternals this morning, and it's drawing me higher and higher and higher because I'm being led by the Spirit of God. Many times we clog the channels ourselves. We become so busy. We have so much social media, media, so many podcasts that we follow, so much news that we swallow. We become so connected that we become disconnected from the voice that matters. And we allow that still small voice to be drowned out. And those voices bring doubt, which brings unbelief, which brings fear, which makes it impossible to trust. You can't trust when you're afraid. That's exactly what the voice of the ten spies did. They drowned it out the two voices of truth. We need to get rid of some voices. That's why later on when Joshua goes to send spies, he only sends two. He said, I don't need 12, too many voices. So he did away with the ten negative voices, and he sent two. We got to get rid of some of the voices in our life. There's too many voices, and those voices bring confusion. There's one vindicated voice in this age. What are you feeding on? What are you listening to? How did we lose touch? How did the receiver get messed up, turn to another channel? How did the other voices get in? We lost our prayer life. We lost our study time. We lost our personal communion with God. We began to miss church regularly. Or when we came to church, we were focused on something else. We didn't enter into the service. We were just there. Listen, it ain't about perfect attendance. I promise you, you will not be getting a certificate printed off from Evening Light Tabernacle for your perfect attendance. But when you get here, what do you do with the opportunity? When you hear him knock on the door, what do you do? Do you stay there and go, why are these people running and shouting? Why are these people excited? What's happened is you've become disconnected from the spirit, and you can't even recognize when the spirit speaks. You can't recognize when the spirit moves. You don't feel it when it moves, and you sit there and wonder why they're doing it. It's because the pillar of fire moved. They packed up camp. They went with it, and you just got left behind. you got to stay in touch with the spirit of God. Stay connected with the pillar of fire. We lost our study time, and we begin to give it to other things, and we begin to move Miss the moving of the spirit. We see it in services all the time. I've even walked out of a service before. One of the mightiest services I've ever been in in my life. And when the first people I walked past, I heard them say, I don't get why everybody was so excited. I didn't feel a thing. And I thought it didn't matter if you felt a thing. You ought to be spiritual enough just as a Christian to realize that the spirit of God was moving in the place and that I need to get behind it and support it. It may not be my day of deliverance. That's okay. It's really not because you can have it when you want it. But I'm just saying it may be the person's next to your day of deliverance and you're hindering it because you're going to sit there and go, I don't understand what all the fuss is about. The fuss is about somebody's going to heaven. The fuss about is somebody's going to a promised land. The fuss about is somebody ain't staying here. Somebody's leaving and you're going to end up left behind if you don't get on board. If you don't start moving with the spirit and going where the spirit leads, you one day you're gonna wake up and I'm gonna be gone you're gonna wake up and wonder what happened I didn't feel the spirit move I didn't see the spirit move because you weren't being led by the spirit if you ever want to hear the voice of God say well done my good and faithful servant you got to hear him today and you got to hear him tomorrow and you got to hear him on Tuesday and you got to be led by him every single day or the only voice you'll hear is when he says depart from me you that work iniquity let us tune in this morning Brother Branham says, don't you never get too busy for what you can't stay in the presence and listen for his voice. 
God always keeps his word. No matter how bad the times may be, how much your church may teach against it, Jesus Christ is still willing to speak that still small voice to anybody that will listen for him. He's still ready to do it if we just quiet ourselves. If you've lost contact this morning, he still speaks. He still wants to speak to you. Just quiet in yourself. Step aside from your own thoughts and lay down your ideas for just a minute. And listen. He's ready to do it. Brother Brown says, God has a new birth for you, but listen to a still small voice. Every one of you people who profess to be Christians, get yourself quiet before him. Don't let the washing hinder don't let the work hinder. Don't let nothing hinder. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. Just go before and get up in the woods somewhere. Get out on the side of the road. Go down into a secret closet. Close the door. When the kids go to school, there, get down on your knees. You've heard all kinds of voices everywhere, but just get down and stay there until those voices are silenced and you begin to lift up. It'll change you. It'll make you different like it did this little Samuel. It'll do something to you if you don't, if you'll just allow it to. Now, it'll make you what you should be it'll make you the kind of Christian you ought to be if you'll just get away and quiet yourself and listen to that still small voice because he still speaks and I want to be connected I want to hear it when he speaks to me I want to recognize his leadership in my life I want to be so connected that I don't miss it whenever he moves because one day the spirit's leaving here and I don't want to miss that move one day he's leaving here and I want to go with him but until that time I'm going to move when he moves. I'm going to stay still when he says stand still. But I can only do that if I'm tuned in to his voice. Look in the old days back there. They put up their tents. There was a pillar of fire that led them. And every time that pillar of fire would move, they'd move with it. If it stayed over the tents, and if it was 10 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there was a thousand trumpets that would blast at once. And every Israelite took down his tent, pulled up his stakes, and wound up everything. And they followed the pillar of fire. Oh, that would be a good thing today. They followed the pillar of fire. And then where the pillar of fire stopped, they built there. That's become lost to the church. Don't let it become lost to evening light tabernacle. You have to move with the spirit and stand still with the spirit and be connected with the spirit. There was many great victories that you could have experienced had you lived in the days of the Exodus. But you couldn't camp down where the victory took place. If you stayed there, your victory would soon become your defeat. Recognize that for a minute. If you stay at the place of your last victory, that victory will become your defeat. The blood must be upon the doorpost, the message went forth. You must stripe it on, 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 on over the lintel and on both side posts. And there was things that had to be done, and they did it. Oh, the death angels in the land, what a mighty night. What a mighty night in Egypt. What a great victory. But you still had to leave the next day. What if you stayed there going, this was the, the, the place of the greatest victory that ever took place. God brought Egypt to his knees. I'm staying right here in the victory of the Lord. Well, the next day you woke up a slave again. You had to move when the spirit moved. Another day in Egypt meant you were left behind. 
So then you followed the Spirit and you came to the Red Sea and there you were rejoicing in what had happened and you'd moved and suddenly the Red Sea opens up and you go, no, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going. Then your victory is fits and become your defeat as you're about to be trampled down by the Egyptians. You must move to the other side. And so you move through and you cross the Red Sea on the banks. You see them all washed up. The, the, The taskmasters are dead. What a victory. And you rejoice. This is the greatest victory I've ever experienced. But if you're still standing there six months later, dancing up and down the banks of the Red Sea, you've been left behind because the pillar of fire has moved on and now you're stuck. You're standing there on a truth, but it's the truth of another day and you've been left behind as the spirit has moved. And then one day manna fell from heaven, the greatest day ever recorded. Can you believe it? God just rained bread down from heaven and everybody's excited and they're picking it up and they're picking it up. No other day like it in history. But if you tried to eat that bread the next day, it had worms in it. You couldn't live off that experience the next day. You've got to move. And some people are still stuck 10 years ago or 20 years ago or the last place they were in contact with the pillar of fire or you're still stuck where you repented to Almighty God and you haven't moved. I'm telling you to pick up your tent. Pick up your tent stakes and move with the pillar of fire this morning. He hasn't left you yet, but the train's in the blocks. Get on board. It's moving. We're leaving. And you've got to move with it. You can't be stuck in the past. Then God told Aaron, now don't try to keep any of that over. If you keep it over, it'll spool. That's what's the matter with a whole lot of the Pentecostal people. You've been keeping it over. I had an experience 20 years ago. Brother, that experience has got wiggle tails in it today. What about right now? You say, when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I had joy, peace, and long-suffering. Well, what about today? That experience back there is done, gone. Wow. What about a new one today? Each day they gathered new manna. And a manna is a perfect type of the Holy Ghost coming from God. The sustainer to take them through the wilderness. As the Spirit is the sustainer for us today to take us through this journey. We're on our road to the promised land. Is that right? In my Father's house, there's many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. And I'll go and prepare a place for you. Is that right? We're on our way to the promised land. Notice, and we're being fed daily. We're being fed Sunday and Wednesday. Mm -mm. We're being fed daily by the Holy Spirit, coming down from God out of heaven, sweet to our souls like honey in the rock. I have to have it every hour of my life or I die. That's true. It has to come to me or I can't live. It'll come. It has to come to you or you won't live. That's right. Sounds like a man who believed in being surrendered and connected to the moving of the Spirit. So much so that his plane would be grounded in Memphis and he was so connected that the spirit could say, walk this way, walk that way, go here. This makes no sense. How many of us would have went? No. This makes no sense. But he kept going, kept turning, led by the spirit because sons of God are led by the spirit. And he ends up walking into a predestinated moment of God because you had two, a daughter of God and a son of God led by the spirit. When we can get one or two led by the Spirit, and even like tabernacle, mighty miracles can take place. When we get one or two led by the Spirit, and we ought to have way more than one or two. But if we can just get one or two led by the Spirit, salvations can happen. Miracles can happen. Boys laying on a cot dying sin. They can be raised from the dead and brought back to the pews. Not just to the pews, but brought back to the pillar of fire. And they can have their own connection with the pillar of fire. If we can get one or two led by the Spirit this morning, willing to lay down your will. We need him to speak to us every day. 
Throughout the ages, people would move on with God. When they wouldn't move on with God or when they denied the message for that hour, they died. They were left behind. You had to move when the Spirit moved. Then Luther, being God's man of the hour, came out to bring the message. It was a type of the wilderness. It was a type in the wilderness. Israel had a pillar of fire, a pillar of fire, and they followed it day and night. When the pillar of fire stopped, Israel camped under that fire, that light. And if they stayed there until the pillar of fire moved on, Israel moved with the fire. And as he did it in the natural for Israel, he's done it in the spiritual for the church. Martin Luther, first one to see the pillar of fire, moved out, and the church on with the message, the just shall live by faith. And he preached the message, and men followed him. But the mistake that Luther made was he organized the church. And he made everything to become Lutheran. And there's where he made a mistake. When you camp down on your experience and put a period there instead of a comma, that's where you die. It's time for some of us to trust God and move. Some of us haven't moved in years. But the Spirit's telling you today, come up a little higher. Come down a little bit further. Dig down a little bit deeper. The death angel's in the land. Put the blood on the doorpost. That's good. Okay, now it's time to leave. Leave. Now we're at the Red Sea. It's time to cross. Come on. Keep on coming. Catch up with everybody else. I hadn't left you behind. I'm still here. I'm still drawing. I'm still giving you opportunity. Come on. Manna's falling. That's right. Pick it up. Now get rid of that. There's more manna for today. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. Why? We get stuck on a victory, but what we don't understand is that victory was just to give us strength to get to this victory, and this victory was to give us strength to get to this victory, and then through all that it took us here then it took us there we didn't even know what was going on and before know it we're closer to the promised land than we are to Egypt we're closer to going home than where we began because we're moving each and every day with the spirit of God move this morning move this morning if you hear anything this morning it's moving the spirit of God move where the spirit's leading do not be left behind this morning move with the spirit of God quit standing on your last victory Quit standing where you last repented. Move this morning up higher. Things are happening. The prophet of God would say, the move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. It was called a move because things were happening. You can't still be standing back there where he said it. The move is on. God is saying, listen, hear, move. Listen, hear, move, trust your experience has been the same for years and years that just means you're going around the same old mountain and you ain't got no closer to the promised land move this morning I'm going to move, I'm going to move along every time the spirit would move, the people went with it, because once it left you, you were alone in a wilderness no one to defend you, no one to stand for you, so as the spirit moved you moved with it. And as long as you moved when the Spirit moved, then you always had the pillar of fire before you. Now listen, I don't care what I got to go through or what enemy I got to face. As long as I know the pillar of fire is going before me, I can face anything. As long as the pillar of fire is going before me, I know my enemy is going to be defeated. As long as the pillar of fire is before me, I know I'll be healed. As long as the pillar of fire is before me, I know I'll be saved. I know I'll be set free. I will follow the pillar of fire anywhere. As long as I know he's going before me, what can stand against me? What gate of hell can rise up before the pillar of fire? I'm going to follow it as it moves down through this wilderness journey. When he's going before me, I know the enemy is being driven out. What's it leading us to, church? What's the spirit leading you to? Victory in the love divine. It's leading you to a rapture. It's leading you to a body change. And you can't stop this morning. You have to move. And he's proven time and time again that we can trust him. 
And it's those that trust him that are going to obtain the promise because only those that trust him are actually allowing him to lead. Okay, and just like he did many mighty works in that day, he's done many mighty works in this day to where that we are without excuse. It's so easy to point back to Israel and go, if I'd have seen that, my goodness, I'd have believed. And if I'd have seen that, like, can you believe they didn't believe? And yet he's done so much in this day. God made sure to vindicate a voice in this day. God made sure that it was recorded on the recorder so that you could hear it in this day. You say, I wish I could have seen the pillar of fire. Every one of you seen the pillar of fire. You see it every time you walk in the building. God made sure that a picture of the pillar of fire was taken and authenticated so you would be without excuse. The same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel is in this building right now. And I'm not even talking about in picture form. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit, the captain of the Lord's host, the pillar of fire is in this building right now telling you, I want to lead you. I want to take you over. I don't want to leave you behind. Just get on board. Just please just put your hand in my hand this morning and trust me. He's here and he's wooing your heart and he's saying, trust me, come with me, come with me. And he comes every service and he does miracles and he says, trust me. He says, trust me, let me lead you. I'm here. Don't doubt. Don't fear. I'm here. Trust me. And he's crying out for somebody to trust me. Brother Brown says it was the angel of God that went before Moses. He was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. And when you see the picture that we're going to show you shortly, if we haven't, I believe you'll feel it's the same pillar of fire that's leading the people today, the angel of God. Same thing today. Walk out of the light of this world, the things that's of the world, to walk to the light of God. It leads you to the promised land. Brother Brandon would say, it isn't just to me, friend. I'm only counted in with you. But the angel of the Lord is to all of you. Quit thinking that the pillar of fire was only to be with Brother Branham's ministry. I'm so thankful it was because it vindicated that that ministry and that voice was the voice of God. But the pillar of fire did not leave when the messenger went off the scene. It's here today. And Brother Brown said, it's not for me. It's for you. And 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 it's for you. The same pillar of fire is for you this morning. And it's going to lead you where you need to go if you'll just submit to it and say, I trust you, Lord. You're my source of life. You're my strength in the battle. My ideas are not my own. Lead me, Lord Jesus, this morning. Surrender to it. It's here. He says, but God himself has vindicated himself in the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. It's leading us right on today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The same one that was with Jesus Christ yonder when he stood and he said to them Pharisees, they were standing there and he told the woman at the well her secret sins and so forth. It's operating in our midst now. He that was, which is, and will come. Hallelujah. I'm looking for him. Are you? Glory to God. Hallelujah. All the guessing is gone. Oh, my. All the guessing is gone. If there's no guesswork left, then what excuse do we have? He's with us even now, as I said, in this building. And why is he here? He's here to lead you. Put your trust in him this morning. I know you've heard the voice before. You wouldn't be here. Just as those that heard Moses left Egypt and we... We covered that, but along the journey, the situations arise and other voices come and they bring doubt and unbelief and God watches you just like he watched Israel. And he says, will they trust me? Will they remember all that I've done? Will they remember all I've promised to do? Will they look to my word in this situation? Or will they cry out, why God? He's watching you this morning in your situation. I'm going to start bringing this down. Remember, God wants a church he can lead, a people that trust him. See, this is what Israel did time after time through their journey. They displayed a lack of trust. And at the end of the day, they did not trust that God was going to see them through. They did not trust that.
that he was going to fulfill every word he promised. They did not trust his leadership. And it wasn't because they doubted he was there or they even doubted he was real because they could literally see him at all times. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. The scripture says in Exodus 13, 21, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of fire uh, and a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. In verse 22, he took not away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. It was always there. They had no doubt that he was there. He never left them. Wow, how could they not believe he's never left us either? Wow, they could see it anytime they wanted to. So can you. Wow, they saw so many miracles. So have you. We're standing in the same place they stood when they came to Kadesh, and they had no reason to doubt that they could take the land. You have no excuse this morning to doubt. We've been in the exact same place. Revelation 10, 7 says, In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. And God's going to look down after that message and say, Will they trust me? Will they remember all that I've done? To this people, I made sure every mystery was finished. They don't even have to guess anymore. They don't have to probe at it. They know they're at the very end. They're right there at it. Are they going to trust me after everything I did in that ministry, after after I over-vindicated it? After I've moved down in their services, I didn't even leave it on tape. I've moved in their services, and I've done miracles, and I've healed the sick. Will they trust me now? Will they trust that I can do all I have said? And what we've got to come to realize is that salvation and deliverance is for those that trust in the Lord. Salvation and deliverance is for those that trust in the Lord. I'm going to read through these scriptures very quickly, so don't try to turn. Psalms 5 and 11. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Psalms 9, 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Psalms 20 and 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of our God. Psalms 44 and 6. For I will not trust in my bow. Neither shall my sword save me. For thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. Psalms 115.11. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Psalms 125.1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. He's looking to someone to trust him. So they come to Kadesh, and we know the story well, and I'm not going to go deep into it. But there were only two that trusted in the Lord. The others were all guilty at looking at circumstances. Ten of them actually became voices for the enemy. Ten actually, look, the Bible says they chose leaders from every tribe. These weren't just men. These were leaders. And they became voices for the enemy to bring in doubt. And they didn't trust the word of God. And they didn't trust it when he said, I'll bring you out and I'll bring you in. And the Lord had already promised to take them, to give them victory. And if they trusted, they would have said, let us go up at once. Just like Caleb and Joshua said. And they forgot everything that God had done. But Caleb and Joshua stood there and they remembered Passover night. They remembered the Red Sea. They remembered the manna that fell from Hanavah. They remembered everything that God had done. And they said, let us go up at once. Caleb and Joshua saw the exact same giants. 
Caleb and Joshua saw the exact same walled cities, but they remembered. And I'm telling you today, saints, I see the same things you see. We see Laodicea as evil. We see the perversion in the land. We see death in the land. But let us remember what he's already done. Let us remember what he's brought us through. Let us remember that we're standing right on the verge of taking the promise. Let us remember and take strength and say, let's go up at once and let us take the land. I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right. I was given a promise. He said, it's mine. And Lord, I trust you this morning. I trust that you'll bring it to pass. I'm trusting in the Lord. Will someone trust in the Lord this morning? Brother Brown says, Joshua said, we're more than able to take it. Him and Caleb, and he was one, the only two out of two million that went over. What did he do? He came down to Jordan, holding him out of the promised land, but he possessed the gate of the enemy. Why? Because he took God at his word. He'd had a trial, and he believed it. He knew that God kept his word, so he possessed the gate of his enemy. In spite of all the other voices that raised up, Joshua stilled the people. A message had been coming to him that said, go and take the land. And he wasn't going to be silenced. And he wasn't going to be put down. But he stood up and he let his voice speak. And all the others failed to take it. And I'm telling you today that we will be held, we will be held to no less standard than they were held to. After all, has gone, uh, all he's done for us, he will treat us no differently if we fail to go forward. He will treat us no differently if we fail to take the land, if we fail to move. He says in Numbers 14, 22, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened unto my voice, he says they will not take the land. Deuteronomy 9, 23, Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and possess the land which I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and you believed him not, nor hearkened to his voice. Joshua 5, 6, For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. But church, there was two that held on to the promise. There was two that were led by the Spirit of God. And because they were led by the Spirit of God, they got their mountain. Because they were led by the Spirit of God, they were led to the promised land. So what I'm telling you is today, those that have been given a promise and hold on to it, those are the ones that are being led by the Spirit this morning. I believe each and every one of us has been given a promise. Each and every one of us has been given something to hold on to. I think of Simeon and Anna in the Bible there in the temple. He had been promised that he would see the Savior. He had been promised he would see that. And Brother Branham tells the story so awesome. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. He talks about how the Spirit began to move on him. And the Spirit began to lead him. And the Spirit took him right to Jesus. And then he said the blind prophetess begins to move and the spirit speaks to her and says move this way and move that way. And he says if he can move upon a blind prophetess like that, what can he do for you today? And he says the reason he led them is because they had a promise and they held on to it. And I'm telling you, church, they were led to the promise. So if you're holding on today, whether it's for your children, whether it's for yourself, whether it's for the rapture, we're all holding on for that. I'm telling you that he's here to lead you to the fulfillment of that promise. He's leading you to fulfillment. Joshua and Caleb were led to fulfillment on that day when they got their mountain. The great thing about fulfillment is this. It shuts up the mouth of the enemy. 
the enemy says you can't have a child but when you have that child the enemy can speak no more fulfillment has shut the mouth of the enemy when he says you can't be healed but you're healed he can speak no more because fulfillment has shut the mouth of the enemy that devil keeps telling you you can't rapture but one day when I step into that body it will shut the mouth of the enemy because fulfillment shuts the mouth of the enemy every time and he's leading you to fulfillment this morning if you'll just trust him and surrender everything you have he's leading you to fulfillment give every spirit that tries to lead you the word test if it's against the word don't follow it if it's against the word don't trust it there's movement and spirits in the land even rising up under the name of of message so to speak false teachers Isaiah 9 16 says for the leaders of this people cause them to err that they are led they that are led of them are destroyed be careful that you're not caught up with a core be careful in the voices you listen to because if it's the spirit of the Lord it's going to be scriptural and the scripture says that Malachi 4 was sent to lead us back to the faith of the fathers so if what you're hearing is leading you anywhere then back to an upper room experience if it's leading you anywhere than back to a book of Acts church, it's not in step with what the scripture said it was sent to do. You understand? So how can I be sure? You give it the word test. You take everything to the word. And if it don't line up, then you don't have anything to do with it. Test what you're hearing with the word. And it must line up from Genesis to Revelation. In everything, whether it's in your daily walk, whether it's in a church service, whether it's something I say. Don't just take things people say and gum it down. Give it the word test. Trust in the word. That's the only place we have to trust is to give everything back to him and give it to the word and, and, and walk according to that. And he will lead you to the fulfillment of everything that you've been holding on to. And I love how it says that, how we said that fulfillment will end all debate. You know, they debated for 700 years what the scripture meant a virgin shall conceive. And then why? There's no more debate. That's what it meant. When you step into your moment and you step into fulfillment, they told Caleb and Joshua, you're too old. You'll never get your mountain. But when they stood there on that mountain, after all those years of being led by the Spirit of God, the naysayers didn't matter anymore. When the door closed on the ark and the, and the rain began to fall, nobody was telling Noah he was crazy anymore. We're right at the point of fulfillment. We've been led here by the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you today, if you haven't been led, if you've been wandering through the wilderness, if you've become disconnected, there's a God here reaching out his hand to you saying, I want to lead you. I want to speak to you. I want you to hear my voice once again. Church, I've made my decision today. I want to be where the Spirit's moving. I want to be where the pillar of fire is. I, I want to obey, obey all that God has said to us in this age. And he's saying today for us to go up at once. He's saying for you today it's not too hard for you to take the land because I'm going before you. He's saying today that victory is yours, that the rapture is yours, and that we're right here on the very edge of it. And we're being led by the same pillar of fire, the same captain of the, Lord host that, uh, of the Lord's host that met Joshua. And Joshua said, are you for us or against us? He said, no, no I'm leading this is my battle. Church, it's his battle. He wants to win every victory for you. It's his battle, but you got to get in step. The prophet of God in the vision and the preview of the bride, Brother Joe Minson on Wednesday, mentioned it. 
when he saw them begin to get out of step, it didn't make them not bride. He didn't say, hey, get out. He said, get back in step. Get back in step. Follow the leadership of the Lord. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? We want to be led of the Lord. A man led of God, surrendered to God, is in God's will. And when he can get a man in his hands surrendered to him, he can shake heaven and earth. There were two in Israel, Joshua and Caleb, that allowed themselves to be led. What about here today? You say, I don't want to miss it. Well, if you're moving with the Spirit, if your life is Christ-centered and you're listening to that still small voice, you're not going to miss it. He wants one person in his hand. He wants all of us in his hand. But look what he does with one person. Look what he did with Moses. Look at Samson. Look at Shamgar. Look at Luther and Wesley, William Brown. Can we put our name there this morning? What can he do with Joe Adams? What can he do with Mike Dexter? What can he do with you? What can he do with Jonathan Middleton? What can he do with Andrew Tushner? If you'll say, I'm done, lead me, God. Let me reconnect. If there's anybody here that feels like they haven't been connected, you just want to slip up a hand and say, God, today, I just want to feel your arms wrap around me once again. And I want to feel your leadership as you begin to walk with me through this end time. Lord, I know I can't do it on my own. Lord, I know I can't make it on my own. Every time I try to do it on my own, I fail. I know that there's a people that's going to be yielded completely to the Holy Spirit. I know that. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, sometimes we look around, and it seems so awful. It says, God, you said you'd have a church without spot or wrinkle. How's that going to happen? I don't know, but I'm trusting him. I don't know, but I'm believing him. And I can look at the end of the book, and I know that somebody did. Because in Revelation 9, 6, it says, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. Oh, glory to God. And as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife have made herself ready. Somebody listened. Somebody heard the voice as it came forth. Somebody let him lead them. Because I see him right there at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm reading your scripture. I'm reading your scripture. Somebody's going to trust him. Somebody's going to be led. And somebody's going to possess the promise. And it might as well be you. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I just want to be led. Lord, may I surrender my will and my way and everything, Lord, all my hopes, desires, and ambitions. Lord God, and may I just lay it all in your hands today, Lord, for thou knowest all things. Lord, you've never lost a battle. You've never made a wrong decision. Lord, I've messed up so many times. Lord, there's been moments where I missed the unction of the Spirit, and you said, turn this way, and I didn't. Lord, forgive me. You said, go here, and I didn't. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I just want to be led by you. I want to be in tune. I want to be dialed in. I want to hear your voice as it speaks. 
Lord, not just today, but in the morning, I want you to speak to me. Lord, Tuesday, I want you to speak to me. Wednesday and Thursday, Lord, I want to draw closer and closer to where your voice gets louder and louder and the voices of doubt and the voices of unbelief just fade away. Lord, that's my desire. Lord, that's my desire this morning. Lord, if there be anybody here that's lost connection to where they haven't heard that voice and they're left back at the Red Sea, Lord, I know they came out, but maybe they've been stuck going around the mountain. Maybe they've stopped on the first day they gathered manna. Maybe they, Lord, didn't come out after the Passover night and they're still rejoicing there. I rejoice with them. I'm glad for that. But Lord, call them out today and say, come on. We haven't left. Catch up. Trains in the station. There's a flashing red light of the sign of his coming. But we're still here. And you haven't missed it. You haven't missed it. But get on board this morning and allow the Lord Jesus to move you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I want to read this quote to you as I close. It's very short. But Brother Branham says, And those who've wandered away, God just now speak to their heart. Oh, the way of a transgressor is hard. Nothing but trouble in their way. Weary, scared. God, just now, may you take all those fears away. Put your arms around them and say, Come on back to the sheepfold, my child. That's me that's speaking to you. That's my still, small voice. Hear the voice of the Lord this morning, evening like tabernacle. He's here to lead us all the way, and he will not fail. God bless you.